0: So we are in a series on prayer. Welcome to July, by the way, second half of the year. It's crazy. Um, And we're specifically in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And we started um, the Lord's Prayer last week. And I thought, why don't we um, not just read it again. I I wrote, let's read it again. But I think we should pray it again as we read um, the Lord's Prayer. So it should be on the screen. So why don't we, um, yeah, why don't we read this all together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Jesus is teaching his disciples, how do I pray? And last week we talked about um, the first line, um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And today we're going to be looking at verse 10, which reads this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me begin again. Prayer is the communication and communion with God. And so when we pray this prayer, especially this line, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what we're asking. We're going to break this into two sections. Firstly, your kingdom come, and the second part is your will be done. The word kingdom comes from a combination of two words, king and domain, meaning territory. The kingdom is the territory where the king has rule and reign over. That's what kingdom means. So the prayer, your kingdom come, is firstly acknowledging that God is king. Right? That's the first thing that we're acknowledging. That God is king. And what we're asking the king is that his Reign and rule come to earth. The prayer your kingdom come is literally asking God to be king as he already is in heaven on earth. Your kingdom come desires to see God as ruler of the world we live in, to see his kingdom and principles come down to earth. The question that we ask, and this is, I guess, if you've been coming to church for a little bit longer, is, is God not the king of the world already? And I want to show you a quick progression of how the kingdom has operated throughout creation. So we're going to stay on this slide for a little bit. Firstly, um, kingdom revealed, and we see that uh, and, and when we read Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's God creating a kingdom. But here's the thing about that one, right? God existed before creation, right? And, and so I'm going to fly through this really quickly, right? He created a world where he was king. So you read Genesis 1, Genesis 2, all creation, God is ruler. God is the king on the throne. That's creation. But the second part of creation, uh, second part of this is that the kingdom was forfeited because of the brokenness, fall, and sin of man. Genesis 3, we see man rejects the kingship of God and decides, you know what? I don't want to listen to God. I don't want to be under his rule. I'm going to be king. I'm going to be the king of my life. I'm going to make the decisions. And so this is when sin entered the world. And this is when God's kingdom that He created becomes compromised. And at that point, God is no longer king in His creation. The third part of this is the restoration is introduced through Israel and the law. In the Old Testament... And, and if you've had a chance to read the Old Testament, it's a story of God sending his messengers and prophets to try to establish his reign and rule of God. And this receives mixed response. Some generations would receive God and say, you know what, God? Yeah, we're going to go back under your throne. We're going we're to recognize you as king. And some, most generations would actually continue to rebel against God. And say, you know what, God? I, I don't want you to be the king. I don't want you to be the king of my life. The law that was given to Israel was some guidelines to how the kingdom would look like under the kingship of God. Even when God is king, this is what the kingdom looks like. And then we get to the fourth, and it's the kingdom reclaimed. And we see this through Jesus and the cross. God sends his one and only son to die on the cross to break the bondage of sin, the power of sin and death. And through that, the enemy is defeated. And through Jesus, the kingship of God is reinstated and available for all who believe. Right? That's what it means to become a Christian. It's to say that I am no longer king of my life, but I'm going to recognize you, God, as king and Lord and savior of my life. And that happened through Jesus when he died on the cross. And the final stage of the kingdom is the kingdom is fulfilled. And it's the new heavens and the new earth. In Revelations, the last book of the Bible, the end times, it it describes a day that the kingdom will be fulfilled. That the kingdom of God will come down from heaven and be restored on earth. And that's the whole progression of what the kingdom looks like. Now where are we right now? We're in between stage four and stage five. I went to um, Bible college down the road at the Presbyterian Theological Center and uh, there was this term that I learned there and it's probably the most important term that I learned there and it was this term, now but not yet. Now but not yet. And what that describes is the world that we live in, the kingship of God. Yes, the Lord God is king. His rule and reign exists, but it is not completely fulfilled yet. Meaning that there will be a day that there will be complete fulfillment. Complete fulfillment. That there will be no question of who is king on this earth. But we're not there yet. We live in this mixed world at the moment where some of us acknowledge God as king, but most of us do not. God's rule has not been completely realized as of yet. And so we live in this stage, this tension, of yes, God is king. But we still live in so much brokenness and sin and so much crap in this world because god's kingship has not been completely realized and restored but what does it look like on that last day what does it look like when it says god's kingdom will be fulfilled and restored And we see this in revelation 21 verse 1 to 4 then i saw a new heaven He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. This is the picture of the kingdom fulfilled. When we pray, your kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven, we are praying that the reign and rule of God God would come into the earth we live in and that we would be in a place where there is no death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. That's what we're desiring when we pray, your kingdom come. We're desiring that God would be the king and that he would fulfill and restore the earth just as it is in heaven. So know that that's what we're praying for when we pray, your kingdom come. We're praying that God would be king. And with his kingship would be a restoration of the brokenness of the world we live in. The second phrase of this verse, your kingdom come is your will be done. This prayer is saying, God, we want your plans, not mine. And this is very countercultural to the world we live in. The world we live in, and the messaging that comes from the media and, and from the world is this: Do what you want. Do whatever feels right for you. You make the calls, you make the plans, you make the dreams, you make the goals and live for that. That's what the world teaches us. And even as Christians, how many times do our prayers sound like this? God, would you bless my plans? God, would you support my plans? Would you support my dreams, my desires? And yet Jesus as he teaches on prayer, flips it completely and says, Lord, your will. Your will be done. Your plans be done. It's the question, God, what is it that you want? When we pray, when we pray your will be done, not only are we inviting God's will into our lives, asking God, God, what is it that you want for me? But as we do that, what we're actually demonstrating in that prayer is that we trust God and we trust that His plans are actually better than mine. That He actually knows what's best for us. We trust you, God, That your thoughts are higher, your ways are better. And so I actually want what you want. I want what you want. One of the greatest examples of this, not only does Jesus teach this in this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but he actually prays this prayer. And we see on the night before Jesus, uh, on the night that Jesus was captured and ultimately taken to court and ultimately. Crucified on the cross. We read in Luke Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus' prayer. <laughs> Jesus' prayer. Luke 22, verse 39 to 44. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place he said to them pray that you will not fall into temptation he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed and listened to his prayer father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish he prayed even more earnestly And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus is about, he knows what's about to happen. He's about to be captured. He's about to be tortured. He's about to be taken and crucified on the cross. He's about to experience physical death and spiritual separation. And he prays, God, if there's another way. If there's another way, God, let it be. If there's another way, and yet not my will. Not mine, but yours be done. It's one of the most honest and genuine prayers that is prayed in the Bible, yet one of the most humbling and submissive prayers that we can read. Yet not my will. But yours be done. And Jesus teaches us how to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Now, there are three things for us to take note in this verse. Firstly, as we learn about praise, number one is the focus is on God. In a society that is so self-focused and self-obsessed, Jesus teaches us that when we pray, our focus should be on God, His plans, and His desires. And that's not to say you can't pray for things for yourself, okay? Jesus will pray. He's going to teach us how we pray for those things. But it's a reminder that if that's all of our prayer, if all of our prayer is focused on ourselves, what we want, and our desire, we are missing so much of what prayer has to offer for us. It's just become about, you know, that, 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 that's, that's when we reduce God to just a genie lamb. Like, God, we want this. God, we want this. No, we actually need to be praying, God, we want what you want. It's a practical way for us to remind ourselves that God is the focus and the relationship that we have with God is the focus. Secondly, we're reminded that God's way is a better way. Right? Reality is God's kingdom is better than this kingdom. God's plans are better than our plans. And here's the thing. If we don't actually believe that, right? If we actually don't believe that God's ways are better than ours, and if God's kingdom is not worth praying for, then actually we don't need to pray. We, we, there is no reason for us to pray. If we don't believe that God has something more than what we can do for ourselves, then we actually don't need to pray. You should just be praying to yourself right? And some people will call it like just, you know, motivational speaking or, you know, self-G up or, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like athletes before they go out into a competition, you know, they stand there before a mirror, you can do this. You know, that's you praying to yourself, right? That you can do this. You know, you are born for this moment. You know, like you were made for this, you know? Does this sound familiar? I don't know why it sounds so familiar to me, right? I'm just, you know, maybe I do this sometimes. Okay, maybe I do, maybe I don't I do, don't Right? But if you don't believe that God has anything greater than than what you actually can achieve for yourself, then actually there is no reason for you to pray. Because what we're tapping into is something greater than what is available on earth. But that's only if you believe it. If if seriously, right? June's going to hate me for this. If your prayer last Friday was, Lord, Lord, please, Just four seats at the Taylor Swift concert. (laughs) Lord! Oh, someone's upset. Wasn't the only one. And some people would say, you know what? That is humanly impossible to get Taylor Swift tickets, but can I just tell you I did. (laughs) Am I boasting? Yes, I am. If you want a good deal, come and talk to me after. (laughs) If if that's the level of our prayer, we're not really believing that God operates at a higher supernatural level. And therefore, we, we don't actually need to pray to God. You just need to be better or quicker on the computer, like that's all it is, right? God's way is a better way. And because we believe God's way is a better way, we humble ourselves before God, whose name is hallowed, right? Whose name is holy, the great creator. And when we pray, we invite him in. We pray his kingdom in. We pray his will in, into our lives. And the best prayer we can pray is a prayer of surrender and submission to Him. If we believe God is better, if we believe God is who He actually says He is, the prayer for us is not my will but yours. But if we don't believe that, then there's no point in praying for God's will. There's no point in praying for God's kingdom. Only when you believe that God's ways are higher and better thirdly it's a realization of a greater spiritual reality prayer is a reminder that we exist in a greater spiritual reality once again it's very similar sometimes when we pray all we can see is ourselves All we see is our own needs, all we see is our own desires, all we see are the needs. Even even when we pray for others, all we see is the needs and the physical needs of everyone around us. But when we are reminded of God's kingdom that exists in heaven and is looking to be fulfilled on earth, That that we are reminded that God has a plan for you. This should challenge us to see beyond the four walls of the church. To see beyond the limitations of your own life. It's a reminder that the battles don't just exist in our physical realm but we live in a spiritual realm where there is a spiritual battle between good and evil going on. Sometimes, right, and I'm sure you've had this experience, sometimes you don't know why you're struggling, right? You don't know why life is so hard when... In the physical realm, everything that you see is okay. Everything, it makes no sense. But the reason why that exists is because there is a greater reality that exists beyond the physical. And that's the spiritual world. And there is a battle between good and evil, between God and the devil that is happening. And we live in that realm. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, it is a reminder of that. It is a reminder that actually not all of our problems can be solved by solutions that exist in the world. Because not all of our problems are worldly problems. They're not just all physical problems, but we have spiritual issues. We have spiritual just holes and gaps that cannot be filled in this world. And so we live in this once again, this now but not yet. Yes, God exists and God exists on the throne, but it is not. Why do we still struggle? Why is there still sin? Why is there still so much brokenness in the world we live in? It's because God reigns, but it has not been fully completed. But when we pray, your kingdom come. When we pray, your will be done. What we're praying is God. Come and finish the work that you're doing. And on that day, on that day, that's when everything finishes. We live in a greater spiritual reality. I actually think out of all the things that Jesus teaches us to pray, this is the craziest I think this is the most dangerous prayer that you can pray. Because here's the question, right? What would happen if God actually answered this prayer? And here's the thing that I thought about this week as I was mulling on this. Do I really... Do I really want the things that I'm praying for? Right? Now, on a superficial level, of course. God, if I'm sick, God, make me healthy. You know, if you're going through financial trouble, God, would you, you know, provide for me? If you're going through relational issues, God, would you bring around restoration and reconciliation? Of course, they're all good things. They're great things. So we pray and we pray because that's what we desire. But do we really desire God, your kingdom come and God, your will be done? Because for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth, that means that your kingdom The kingdom that you are king in has to be laid down. It actually means you have to surrender your plans. You have to surrender control. You have to surrender everything in your own little kingdom. Because here's the thing about kingdoms, right? There can only be one king. There can only be one king in a kingdom. And if you're going to be the king of that kingdom, if you're going to be the king of your life, then there is no space for God. If you're going to live out your plans, if you're going to live out your will, then there is no space for God. I think many of us pray things, but in reality, we actually pray them without thinking about the consequences of, what if God actually answered this prayer? Like, do I really mean what I'm praying? It sounds silly, right? It's like, why would you say something that you don't mean? And I'm telling you, think about your prayers. Think about what you pray for. And ask yourself, is this like, if this really was to happen today, Would it bring me joy? Would it bring me fulfillment? Or would I actually be sad? I think there's so many of us that actually are confused about what we really desire in our lives. I think as much as we know that the textbook answer is, God, of course we want what you want. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. I actually think we don't even know what that means for us. Because I'm pretty sure many of us are not ready to lay down our throne for the sake of God the King. So, if you're not ready to do that and you're praying these prayers, you know what that is? That's just religious words. That's just religious duty of coming and, you know, just saying things that you don't actually mean, but just saying it for the sake of saying it. And... You know, a few sermons before, that's, that's what I think Jesus is talking about when he says the babbling, the repeating and, and just saying words for the sake of saying them. And I was so challenged by this, as said, out of all the things that Jesus teaches us, I think this is the most dangerous prayer. Because in your life right now, in your life right now, if God was to answer that prayer that his kingdom would come into your life and that his will would be done in your life, I just don't know if we'd be ready for it. Because I don't know. For some of us, it's, I just don't know and trust that God is better and knows more than what I do. And I think that's a very real struggle. I think for some of us, we really question that. For some of us, it's like, God, you can come. Your kingdom can come but I have things that I need to do. I have, I have goals and I have dreams that I need to fulfill. God, I'm only, you know, 21. I'm not even married yet. Like, God, you can come. Your kingdom can come after I get married and I get to experience the goodness of this life. And I will tell you after 16 years of marriage, marriage is the greatest thing ever. Sometimes. <laughs> and my wife would probably, that sometimes probably even less, you know. But what's that saying to God? What's that saying to God? That's saying to God, God, actually, I I have these plans, and I think they're pretty good plans, and I think they're really important plans. And so, yes, I, I want your plans to come, but can you just wait? Can you just wait? Because I think my plans are actually more important than yours. I don't think we're ready. I think, honestly, some of us are not ready to lay down our lives, to surrender our desires and dreams to God. But remember, friends, that's the prayer. When you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. You're praying, God, I'm going to lay myself down so that you can sit on the throne of my life. And I think the challenge is this today. You've got to know what you really want. And you've got to know what you're really praying for. Now, if you come to me and say, Steve, and and I've had these very honest and open conversations before. Steve, I love what God's about. I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to let go of, you know, my life. And I say, okay. Like, I think that is a very real struggle for many people. I think it's even harder when you're rich. It's even harder when you've got family. It's, got, it, it's even harder when you have more because you have more that you need to lay down. But at the end of the day, it comes down to this very simple question. Do you believe that God is greater, better, and has more to offer for you than yourself and this life? And it just comes down to that. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Pray it because you believe God is greater. Pray it because you see the brokenness in the world today and that you're desperate for God, the great king, to come and reign and rule and restore the world. Pray it because you believe that his plans are actually better than your plans. Pray it because... You see all the pain and suffering that's caused by sin and selfishness in ourselves and in other people that, God, would you come and redeem your creation? Pray that we would experience heaven on earth because actually what we currently experience is hell on earth. And pray it. Because this is what you actually want. Pray it because this is your real desire of your heart. And here's the cameo, right? Here's the notes. If you're not there yet, which I think is more people than what you would imagine, even though we're a church. If you're not there yet, pray that God would reveal himself more to you because the more you get to know god the more you will understand oh he's actually pretty amazing our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven let's pray